Hello, everyone. Hey. Welcome to Plaid Skirts in Basic Black. I'm Marcia. And I'm Shannon. And this is the podcast where we get down to get funky. We talk about blackness in the Catholic Church and a bunch of stuff in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, you're bopping your head to season Mars with Jazar, which helps us, you know, dance it out and get our mental health in order. Yeah. Which is great because today's episode is about mental health. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're super excited. Uh, Shannon, how are you doing? How's the weather in your neck of the woods? Good. Um, so, like, literally, we are finally together recording a podcast, which is exciting. And <laughs> right. the weather outside is, like, perfect. It's, like, high 70s and sunny and crisp and beautiful. Um, in my own life, it is, um, very windy, very windy. There's a lot happening and, um, I just need to like hunker down and make it to the goal, right? Um, <laughs> do a wider stance on my walk and, uh, but you know. Swing those arms. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe hopefully like get out of the wind tunnel or something. Um, so just just busy and um, stressful. I think I talked last week about Molly and her head injury and a few other things that have happened. So um, we're kind of coming out of it, yes. We're kind of coming out of it, but it's just still like, okay, keep your head down, get your work done. So, <laughs> right. That's where I'm at. How about you? Um, so enjoying the beautiful weather outside. Personally, it is muggy in my world. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm grateful that it's warm, but if my hair could not stick to my face, that would be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so my hair's out of control, and um, humidity is not and the all the humidity is just muggy out mm-hmm. in my world. Just there's a lot going on. Uh, school has started again, so things are getting a little bit back to normal. But at the same time, there's always something. Mm-hmm. And I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I didn't have counseling for like seven weeks. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time just because of my counselor, like my therapist switching practices and vacations mm-hmm. and summer and summer happening that I went to, I finally went the first time since June yesterday. And I was like, I was a whole crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat, and I felt better the minute I sat down. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I didn't even say anything yet, but I was like, mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much the weather. So, I'm coming out of the muggy, but still, my hair's sticking to my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so talk, speaking about, so Shannon and I do weather checks just to kind of check in with each other, like, how are we doing? Or how you guys can check in with us? Because that's really great to acknowledge, you know, areas where you're struggling and celebrate things where you're not. And it all is part of our mental health journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it, it's one, it's, re- it's a really important part for others to hold you accountable and you also to recognize what's good and not so great mm-hmm. and see what you can do about it. And I'm just really excited about today's topic. I've been waiting to get to mental health. Yes. I, <laughs> Three seasons. Right? <laughs> Three seasons. We're here. I am glad that this episode is coming now. I'm glad this wasn't the episode last week. Yeah. Uh, so if you listen to last week's episode... <laughs> You will see 
I was probably in a crazy place. Like, that's not a probably. I absolutely was. Mm -hmm. And it just, my mind was just not right. And mm -hmm. I wasn't super focused. And I don't think I could have done this episode last week. Mm -mm. So I'm grateful that everything happened the way it did, that the hiatus happened the way it did, mm -hmm. even though we didn't plan on the hiatus no, at all, like in any way, yeah. shape, or form. But it needed to happen because I was clearly not in the headspace <laughs> to be recording a podcast. <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, I was like, oh, this is this is real bad. <laughs> this is, none of this is great. We actually met one day during the hiatus mm -hmm. to record. And we're yeah. like, we're going to record. And we were at lunch. And we were just like, yeah, no. No, this is not happening. Yeah. And I think because both of us yeah. just need it a yeah. minute. And we and, need to take care of our friendship, too. Right. right. That's part of mental health is, like, taking care of your relationships. And yeah. And we had not... We had not actually done friend things other than recording a podcast in like months. And that's not healthy. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. And so we, I think we were both just mentally exhausted when we saw each other. And it was just kind of, it was just really good to connect with our friends. And we were having yeah. pizza. And yeah. we were like, yeah, it's okay if we don't record. We're not going to record. <laughs> and so we didn't record. And something really crazy, like great happened. Yeah. I haven't even like yeah. talked about at no. all. So, so we were... At, we were at lunch, and the waitress came over, and she's like, is there anything else you guys want or need? And we're like, no, we're good for right mm -hmm. now. And she goes, yeah, your check's already been paid. The gentleman yeah. <laughs> sitting behind you paid your check. And I was like, wait, I, what? We were I didn't like, even notice he was there. I almost start crying, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, do not cry in this restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those things where, like, and I recognized that I was like, oh, that was that something good happened. Like yeah. I was about to like ball my eyes out, which yeah. means that more good things need to happen. And yes. I really need to get to counseling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, it really had this profound effect on me. Like the rest of the day, I was like, hey babe, we're on lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that, that's how I yeah. know that I'm yeah. not in a good place yeah. mentally, that when something good happens, like I'm overwhelmed and <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But no, it was really wonderful. And I saw him because he was sitting I was facing him, but I just saw him enjoying his meal by yeah. himself, you yeah. know, and like, oh, whatever. I don't know what we said that may yeah. have made him think, like, these girls to get their meal paid yeah. for, <laughs> you know, like, that's really, really nice. great. Yeah. I was like, so, so yeah, it was just wonderful things like that. So, yeah, that's why we, we just have, we've been gone. It's mm -hmm. been, it's been good for us yeah. to take some time. Yeah. And, but here we're back. So I have actually in my notes, like for weather check, it says, girl, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on that. And it's because I am not in the mental health profession. I can say things like I'm crazy. Because yep. <laughs> people in the mental health profession no. as a practice do not call no. things or people crazy, which I think is important. They might to each other. They might to each other, <laughs> but they don't say it. They don't, even like, like um, you guys have heard me talk about my friend Steph. She is, has a doctorate in psychology and she does not say things are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's me, like, you know, or, or whatever, she doesn't say that's crazy. Yeah. Like she uses different words. And yeah. I think that's just, I think that's really wonderful yeah. that she likes to kind of protect, yes. you know, everyone and the stigma. And mm -hmm. so it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So. We're going to talk about a little bit about our experiences um, and our mental health journey. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Shannon and I are both black. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Nobody thinks I am, but no, I am. Right? But she is. <laughs> she shares it with you. Then I you shared know. it with you. <laughs> uh, so we're both black. And in the black community, there's a whole stigma about what mental health is, isn't, or if it really, if there's even a need mm -hmm. to acknowledge it. Yeah. I grew up in a Protestant family where... Mm -hmm. Jesus could heal all the things. Everything, yeah. And you know what? That's not untrue. Yes. Right? 
Uh, he definitely helps. <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yay, Jesus. Woo, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, mental health or admitting that there is a mental problem in some way is it's a deficit mm-hmm. and it almost like it mean like for growing up it meant and i'm sure not all black people feel like mm-hmm. not only black people feel this way i know in some of yeah. our protestant faiths like it's very much like you are not praying enough you are mm-hmm. not faithful enough mm-hmm. uh black in our family it was like you're not praying enough black women are stronger than that Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're strong, you're stronger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was always really difficult for me to express how I felt mentally. Mm-hmm. So I know that I, I know that as early as middle school that I mm-hmm. had mental health issues. Like I recognized it. Excuse me. I wasn't able to name what it, I wasn't able to name the fact that I had anxiety mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. I was much older. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I knew I didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel in a comfortable enough space to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. I just know that there would be moments where I was in school or in mm-hmm. class and I was overwhelmed. Every, like, I had trouble mm-hmm. breathing. I mm-hmm. had to leave the room and I would just yeah. cry in the bathroom and not understand why. And I, I recognize it now. It's like, oh, I'm getting anxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I mean, because I'm able to now talk through it, mm-hmm. I can recognize it. But as early as middle school, I knew that there was something not super great mm-hmm. <laughs> going on in my mind and I couldn't talk to people about it. When I got to high school, I was able to talk. We had a school counselor and I was able to talk it out there and maybe try to talk to my mom about it. And I definitely got yelled at and prayed over and all the blessed oil was dumped mm-hmm, on me mm-hmm. because, you know, what was wrong or I was called like I was so sensitive and mm-hmm. I would have lazy moments mm-hmm. and I am not a lazy person. No, that's, that's the thing. Sometimes like, we have to tell you calm down. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like I am not a lazy person period. Mm-hmm. And I would have moments and my family would, because they didn't understand, like, I would be like, oh, you're so slowful and you're just lazy mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. doing this. And I was just like, I just need a minute. Like, yeah. it's hard to move or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Thing. And it gets labeled as sinful rather than yes. a health thing. Yes. And a health issue. And it doesn't. And it wasn't. Um, and I, I went just through. It, it was hard. It, it was difficult. You know, um, I'm so glad that we're in a different place right now in our world. And mm-hmm. uh at the same time, black culture really hasn't improved a ton more. It has, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting there. It's getting there. But it's just very much like throughout my life, throughout a lot of my formative years where I was relying on adults to help me through things, mm-hmm. the adults in my life that I trusted were ill-equipped to. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not a thing like it's totally their fault because mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. know. You know, like they're like, we don't, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't believe you. And now you're just like, you know, whatever. They didn't mm-hmm. actively you know, try to hurt me, but it was what they were taught Mm -hmm. and it was how they dealt with life. And Mm -hmm. they were told they were strong enough. And and it wasn't until I got to college where things got bad enough that there was like some intervention or it was like, Mm -hmm. you are not well, Mm -hmm. this is not okay. Um, to the point where I almost got kicked out of the residence halls. You know, like I was like, cause I wasn't able, I didn't know how to deal with. Mm -hmm. So I had to go like school's like, no, you have to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. And I, couldn't like, and I had to go to counseling, but I couldn't afford it because mm-hmm. my mom wouldn't let me use the insurance to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to like rely on, you know, whatever the school could offer yeah. or whatever this could offer. And 
I wasn't, I've never really had a great relationship with counseling. And for a while I was medicated, Mm -hmm. you know, but like I didn't, I hated it. Yeah. I really hated Paxil. It was the worst. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no, I did because I was on the track team at the time and I had no motivation Mm -hmm. to run. Mm -hmm. And I ended up dropping out of track and Mm -hmm. that didn't make things better because of this. And it was a whole spiral, but it wasn't until... Like, without sounding, you know, like motivational speakery, mm-hmm. but I'm going to, I finally gave myself permission to like go to counseling and mm-hmm. get it like, you know, like with my insurance and mm-hmm. make it happen and pay for it. And that was like to really, like that was recently, like I was, mm-hmm. remember when I started, it was like a year and a half ago, like throughout different things that have happened with me, I was like, well, I'm just going to be strong or I know that, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I have never like, and even though like I have moments you know when I lose days like we talk about this thing of me losing days when my anxiety decides to take over and I don't leave the house Mm. so and I'm like four days and but that has happened a lot less since I was like this has to get better Mm -hmm. you have to function you have a lot more to offer than Mm -hmm. this and um I did counseling in Terre Haute for a little bit and then I did it again um now I'm doing it now and it's Mm full-on all the time and Mm -hmm. I go except, you know, for seven weeks that I didn't go, but I've not, and this is the first time I've been to counseling with someone that I actually like, I can be like, I trust that I'm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to, and it's no one else's fault. Like I had the first time I went to counseling actually was because I was being treated for an eating disorder, Mm. but it was really like, like I was like, and it's so crazy because an eating disorder is really a symptom of so many other things. Yes. And I'm so glad people recognize that now because back then I knew I had an eating disorder. Like yeah. I wasn't eating or if I was, I was binging and purging yeah. or, you know, like it was a whole mess mm-hmm. of things. And the counselor that I remember being upset with her because I was sitting in her chair and I've always been, I've always been a Rubenesque woman. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Um, and she's like, you don't look like an eating disorder. What you're describing to me is anxiety. And I was like, no, I have an eating disorder. Like, I know yeah. I do. Like, this is where I am. Yeah. She's like, no, you have anxiety. So she handled that completely oh wrong. My God, yeah. She wasn't wrong, but she handled yeah. it wrong. Like, because I was like, you're telling someone with an eating disorder they that know. they're too big to have an eating disorder. <laughs> I don't think that this works. And so that was right. Shut it down. Right? Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut <laughs> and so I didn't go for a long time yeah. because I was like, I don't understand. But now like, cause really counseling takes years. Like it's mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. I'm just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why I was like, I'm not switching therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I lived in Terre Haute, I had a counselor in Terre Haute who actually was a parishioner at one of my churches. <laughs> and, but here's the thing about it. And, um, and I was gonna, I, um, I'll talk, well, I was going to talk about it, but I'm talking about it now. Here's the thing about it that made it made me okay because for so long in my life, I thought there was a defect in my faith and yeah. a defect in my strength of character mm-hmm. about the fact that I needed additional help, mm-hmm. right? That I needed this help and needed yeah. to go. But there was something really beautiful about um, my therapist in Terre Haute for the short amount of time that she was, mm-hmm. was that I could feel crazy and this woman was like on our parish council yeah. on like, you know, and she, I had to work with her. And I think that's mm-hmm. in the end, that's kind of why it was like, it was hard for me to yeah. talk to her about yeah. those things. But there's something really beautiful that after I stopped going to counseling, seeing her in counseling, 
was that she's a Eucharist minister at our mm-hmm. church, at one of the nice. churches where I worked. And there was one day I was having like just a rough go and I was like, I need to figure something out. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I was in the, like just the line and I was looking down and I looked up and there she was mm-hmm. giving me the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was like, there's something beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like where it was like, oh my gosh, the same person who doesn't judge me for, you know, having like all weak faith yeah. and all these things. And she knows that I've got things going on and mm-hmm. she knows what my issue is, but she's still there like mm-hmm. blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so, so beautiful. And it just, it helped. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. years later now I was able to go back to counseling. It was, you know, it was, I mm-hmm. still remember that. Yeah. And most people think I have someone that goes, that must've been awful. Seeing someone in church that was your therapist, like, no, like mm-hmm. that moment at communion, mm-hmm. like, that was the most beautiful moment, and yeah. I just really was like, there is a, like... Yeah, because you hadn't had that before. I hadn't had that before. They, those two things were connected, and now they are. And in that moment, they were connected, yeah. and I just thought that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of just scratching the nerves. No, I'm crazy. Like, it's fine. Like, I can say it because I'm saying it, but I know, I know who I am. I know what I am. More importantly, though, I know whose I am. So, yeah. I, will, I will be fine. Yeah, no. preach preacher no (laughs) no I so that's that's a part of my mental health journey I'm at a place though where I can talk about it where I'm not ashamed to Mm -hmm. say like yeah like I even have a name for my anxiety her name is Cheryl she's awful um and so I was like Cheryl she's not Karen (laughs) she's not Karen she's Cheryl with a C (laughs) and so Every time when I'm like, things are getting bad, like, I'd be like, Cheryl. <laughs> and it's great to like name it. So yeah. I even wrote a blog post about it a few years ago. Name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. Because we were told, like growing up, we were told, name it and claim it. Um, that the blessings you wanted from God. So, but I just claimed it and named it. That's what happened with me. Like I was like, because my mom used to be like, don't you claim that. That's a demon. Like, you know, like it's just yeah. one of those things yeah. that would always happen. And she was like. Bobby Boucher's mom. It's the <laughs> devil. <laughs> None of that foosball anxiety. No, but anyway. So, uh, so I, instead of name it and claim it, where you know, the blessings that you want from God, I decided to claim it, then name it. And sometimes it helps me get through. In fact, mm-hmm. it's like, yes, I have anxiety, and it is my anxiety. It looks different from someone else's mm-hmm. anxiety and how mm-hmm. they deal with it. And her name is Cheryl. And she's awful. <laughs> we don't want her. Around. We don't want her around. But when she comes around, you can't. Sit I have something to right. You can't sit with us, Cheryl. <laughs> no, but when she comes around, the fact that I'm able to like yell at Cheryl is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Like I know that's like we all got to deal with it. We got to do it. And I was mm-hmm. like Cheryl, and then like expletives, <laughs> and you know. So there we go. This is a G-rated podcast. So is it? That's what I said. Expletives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Shannon, tell us, tell us about, tell us about you, girl. Yeah. So, um, uh, for those, uh, so, uh, yeah, as I said, I may have shared this before, but, um, my mom is actually a licensed clinical social worker, which means that she's licensed to be a therapist as well as do other social work mm-hmm. things. Um, so mental health was always a, a thing that was in our lives and we talked about and it was a priority. Although my own journey with that hasn't necessarily always been like the most smooth um and my mom would you know like 
my mom was a therapist raising kids, so she was like, here are the ways we're going to talk about mental health. And, uh, <laughs> and giving us like vocabulary tools, which was, as an adult, I appreciate so much and have tried to also pass along to my kids. Um, and I'm very grateful to her um, as well. But um, my family in particular has a family history of um, both uh, mental health issues, depression, um, suicide and alcoholism. So, um, something, and on both sides, it's not just one, (laughs) um, but especially, um, on my dad's side that, uh, became very apparent, um, because his father committed suicide when he was about 15. So in the, um, sometime in the sixties or the sixties. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, my grandfather who committed suicide, uh, was a, one of the Tuskegee Airmen. He was a um, the, the supply officer for the unit. And so, like, we have a really strong family history of military service. But um, really, if you were to look at it, probably because of both the racism he experienced and um, probably some PTSD from the war and things like that, um, it was just too much for him. Um, and... Um, you know, my uncle found him one day, he had shot himself and, uh, that just kind of spiraled into a lot of mental health issues for our entire family, uh, which is completely understandable. Um, and they're still dealing with that trauma to this day. Um, and I think my dad and my aunt, my uncle have all, um, you know, come out very stronger for that, but like, it, it it affects us too. It's not just something that um, is a one time thing that the people who experience this trauma have to deal with, right? It, it, it their kids have to deal with it, and it's something that we live with. Um, along with that, like we have that genetic um, disposition to alcoholism, to depression, and all of those things. So it's something that. Um, we're, I'm very aware of in my own mental health journey, and I have been treated for clinical depression quite a few times um, in my life. I could probably identify like three or four really major depressive periods from the time I was um, about 10 until now, um, and even like we've had some, we've seen some of that in my children as well, um, that I, you know, and I've always tried to be very upfront with Eric about that, and um, we try to teach our kids that like, this is where you have to identify these things in yourself and you get help and here are the people who can help you and trust adults and all those things. Um, and we've been really lucky to have access to mental health care too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I have been really blessed by because throughout, um, I shouldn't say blessed. I hate saying blessed because it's like the people who don't have access aren't blessed. So <laughs> that's not true. Um, I'm very lucky, lucky to have had access to, um, you know, good healthcare to have, um, insurance policies that cover that right now, Mm -hmm. my insurance policy covers for all of the members of my family to have mental health care or to have therapy once a week indefinitely. Like there's no like six month waiting period or whatever. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not something that most policies have. It's not like, let's do six weeks and then your insurance is up. So you can't come anymore. Uh, and so many people don't have access to that. So they're dependent on, a psychology school or something that they can get for free or it's not even treated you know that's why you see so many homeless people who have mental health issues because the person who cared for them is no longer around so they can't care for themselves or they stop taking their medication or uh, the myriad of other things that that go along with that um 
but back to myself. Um, <laughs> so like I said, I've had some times in my life where I've been treated for depression. Um, and, you know, I have probably when I first started therapy at like 10, I was like, no, I don't want to do this because my mom's making me. But no, <laughs> But as I was older and recognizing those tendencies in myself, I was able to go to therapy without a stigma and without like even thinking like, oh, what do I do about this? It was like, no, I go to therapy because I knew, um, you know, I'd gone when I was like 10 or whatever. And even though I hated it, I was like, no, as a, as an adult recognizing that like I hated it because I was 10 and being forced to do something is not the <laughs> thing that's bad. Um, it was much better. Um, and in particular, um, being able to recognize the patterns in myself in my own life where I'm entering into a depressive state and not all of my depression has been major, but, uh, some of it's been minor, but trying to, especially as I've gotten into my late twenties, early thirties, et cetera, when I see those patterns to say, let's get help now rather than wait till I'm all undepressed and saying, I don't want to live, you know? Um, and I've never thankfully been suicidal, but I have, um, been at the point where I've said like, I wish I was dead. I don't want, I don't think people care about me. I don't want to live. I don't, um, people don't need me. Um, and thankfully I have been so blessed to have, um, people in my life who do care about me, who help me identify that, who say, no, you're needed, you're wanted, we love you and help yourself. Um, and one of the things I'm really grateful in, I actually have a lot of friends who are therapists because I'm in ministry in like a very similar <laughs> professions. <laughs> so um, I'm thankful that I have those people to like to help me in ministry when I'm when I'm relating to people who often have mental illness as a professional um, to be able to have resources to be able to direct them to or to um, to go and talk to those people who I know are trained to say like what's going on here? What are my options? How can I help this person? Um, and I'm really grateful to have uh, family and friends who don't see mental illness as a stigma, who see it as an illness that gets to be treated. And one of the things I love about being Catholic and especially working in ministry in the Catholic Church is that um, we don't treat psychology as something that is... Um, discordant with our faith mm -hmm. that we believe that like every medicine like every science um, these are things that go right along with the world ha God has created and that we need to use the best of our abilities our research all of those things to be able to treat the whole person right when um, you just like you wouldn't um, if you broke a leg, you wouldn't be like, let's pray over it and leave it and set it. <laughs> right. right. I mean, there are Christians who believe that there I are. don't agree with that oh, for you. many, many reasons. Oh, right. You also wouldn't say, you know, especially as we know now so much more about mental health has to do with chemical imbalances in the brain, not all of it, but like some of it that you wouldn't just say like, Oh no, we're not going to treat this organ. That's not functioning the way it's supposed to do. You would say, let's go seek out all the medicine, put prayer on top of that, and trust that God uses the best of what we can offer and gives us the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? Um, and has equipped others. Exactly, exactly. Like, we don't just, like, say, oh, we're not going to train doctors because God heals. <laughs> like, we still have right? doctors, right? Yeah, and there, and it's not that miracles don't happen or that, that deep healing can't happen spiritually. It can. And sometimes, for some people, that's what it me like it has to take because 
Um, sometimes they're just even all of the things that they have available to them are not helpful. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, God has made this world so that we cooperate with him to build his kingdom. And that includes our mental health, both for our own selves personally to make sure that our mental health is okay because our mental health and our spiritual health are intertwined, right? Um, as well as our physical health, right? When you're not mentally healthy, you tend to get sick, right? When you're not, mm-hmm. um, and also when you're sick, you can ha- tend to have bad mental health, right? Think about people who um, have terminal diseases, right? Like that's a time when you really have to care for people's mental health or, or when, they, yeah, yeah, chronic <laughs> pain or whatever. Um, and things like anxiety, um, especially, I think, um, stuff like that, that can really keep us from, being fully open to God and what he has to do, right? Like no one should feel paralyzed with fear. (laughs) Like no one should feel like there something's going terrible is going to happen to them um when they believe that also that God is with them. Um and I find it interesting, especially as Catholics, that we have um some really beautiful examples of saints who were not one hundred percent like perfect and mentally healthy all the time. Um that that we have saints who go through probably what would now be termed major depressive periods. We have saints who are, um, who struggle with some really major fears. There's even a, um, a new designation of OCD called religious scrupulosity. Um, that, um, that is like people who are like overly worried about their sinfulness and yep. their religious, um, behavior, right? That they, um, they if they don't do all of the things precisely the way they're supposed to do, like God is going to send them straight to hell. Um, yeah. That's not a mentally healthy thing. No, <laughs> that is friend. not a religiously yeah. healthy thing. Um, and so we <laughs> have <trouble>. examples <laughs> of yes, I'm, I, I've been so much trouble. I'm just hoping to get a foot in the door of purgatory. <laughs> like if I get a toenail in, at least I know I'll get to heaven eventually. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, like we can look back in our tradition and see these people who've experienced things like Dark Night of the Soul um, for St. John of the Cross or what we call desolation and consolation. Um, St. Ignatius called desolation and consolation, things like that, that we can see these as examples of people who struggled, who had real human struggles and yet still were extremely holy and God poured out his love on them. They didn't always feel that and they didn't always... Um, you know, live that out as maybe we would think the best way now, but at the same time, um, in so many ways, it's a way that we, those of us who struggle with our mental health can look back and go like, it's not, there is no stigma. It's not me. It's not crazy. Um, that God gives us all different temperaments, different challenges and different body chemistry, different brain chemistry. And God loves us with all of that and because of all of that and he doesn't want us to be super duper happy perfect people all the time right that's why Mm -hmm. we see we have a book of lamentations in the bible we have songs of lamentations right um we have people you know i think of king saul right in in uh, the story of king david king saul in the um book of kings right um david and samuel book of samuel excuse me um Saul, like, he had some issues, man. He was probably, like, bipolar or something, <laughs> like, if you read that story. And, you know, the only thing that consoles him is David playing the harp. And that's maybe an example of how 
our mental health can lead us away from God, right? But there are many examples of how our mental health can lead us towards God as well. Um, so one thing I did want to know, mention, because I think it's really hilarious, um, it tends to be that the church and ministry brings you to a lot of people who have brokenness in their lives, and especially mental health issues. Yeah. And oh, that's yeah. not a bad thing, because as, Saint, as excuse me, St. Francis, you can see where I'm going with Pope Francis says, <laughs> I think he'll be a saint, too. He'll be like, St. Pope Francis, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's not dead yet, though. Right. <laughs> um, but as Pope Francis says, like, he calls the church, he wants the church to be a field hospital for mercy, right? What's a field mm-hmm. hospital? It's the place... That's right in the battlefield, right, right next to the battlefield where you're doing triage and you're training yes. people and you're saying what help do they need, right? And that's a, a wonderful analogy All for ministry <laughs> because, like, that's that's what I have functioned as many times. Like, I'm not going to be the person who treats you, but I'm going to be the one who, like, stops the bleeding and gets you to where yeah. you need to go, right? Um, tie it tight. But one of, the, <laughs> one of the ironic parts of that is, like, oftentimes the leaders – in the church also don't have good mental health. And I, I admit, I've been one of them. Like, not. That's one of my things that's about because they're people. being a good <laughs> minister is about taking care of my minister. I can't be a good minister if I'm in mm-hmm. a poor place mentally. So, but like, I found this uh, article, which I think Marcy is going to link to in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. That's like the top 10 professions for psychopaths and like the bottom 10 and like <laughs> number <laughs> like eight or something is like clergy and like, <laughs> ministry. And I was like, yeah, because <laughs> we all have a little bit We're of that all, psychopath yeah. in I was us. Like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we felt good because both of us are drawn to careers in the bottom 10. Yes. So like, like therapy, okay, yeah. right. Like there's social one, work. Yeah. There's like teacher. Yeah. And, you know, care aid. Yeah. And, right. And I was like, oh. Okay, I got this. Yeah, okay, like, we're not a Like, we're okay. Yeah. Like, we're fine. But yeah, no, number one is CEO. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that crazy? Yeah. I was like, I guess you have to be crazier right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to be a little bit, um, you can't always be super emotional and compassionate when you're in some of those leadership positions, and so you can understand why that tendency would exist in mm-hmm. some people. So that's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that's why we were talking about it's important for people of faith to take care yes. Of their mental health. And that's, here's the thing. A lot of the time that we are getting so much division in the church and so many people falling away from the church is because people of faith aren't taking care of their mental health. Mm -hmm. And you literally have crazy people. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist, so it's fine. (laughs) Like, like, I was like, it's fine. You have people that are not exactly mentally stable at the moment Mm -hmm. sharing the gospel. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. They're sharing the good news Mm -hmm. from their place Mm -hmm. of mental unrest. Yeah. And that doesn't help. Mm-mm. That doesn't help because it take it doesn't make it any less good news, but it's not really served yeah. the way then that we, we want it to be served. Then we distract from from God, right? We, right. We become more important than God because mm-hmm. not necessarily because we chose to, but because we didn't prioritize being a wholly healthy person, right? Like yes. whole whole W H O L E. Yes. <laughs> Holy and healthy. Yeah, and also H-O-L-Y. Holy and holy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> holy um, and holy. <laughs> right, and that that's one of the things we talk about a lot in formation in particular um, when we're talking about the church is that, like, there are four pillars of forming people. There's human, um, spiritual, intellectual, and uh, I believe emotional or relational is the other one. Um, so, right, we have to have... We have to be fully healthy as a human being. That includes our physical and mental health. We have to be fully healthy spiritually 
right? That means like we are rooting out the tendencies of sin and vice in our life um, that we're that we're striving for holiness, and also um, and that we're and that we're like doing good things too, right? Like we're serving the poor and taking care of good things. Um, we also have to be. Uh, men, what did I say? Intellectual, <laughs> intellectually healthy, right? We we need to grow and learn and um, as well. And then you know we have to have healthy relationships, right? That includes setting boundaries where appropriate, but also having intimacy with other people, right? Like, right. You know, it used to be a standard practice in like religious orders or with priests, like that you can't have a best friend. You have to be really good, like. But that's not healthy, right? Like, we know that that's not healthy anymore. And it's like, well, no, they need, like, they need to be together and they need to be sharing and you need to have a good friendship Mm -hmm. that, like, you can be intimate with someone and share your whole self, right? Like, and that looks different, right? Marriage looks different than a best friend or two priests who live in a rectory or whatever. But, like, um, oh, yeah, like, marriages where you see people who don't have friends but each other. It's like, yeah like we all that is love in a vacuum we need to be a community we we are made to be a community yes so um what was the first age was it human or was it human Human. that's what i thought i was like that's what i wrote down Mm i was like i like this yeah (laughs) so um that that's ministry the other thing we really wanted to talk about was um and marcia touched on this was was the idea of as people of color and black people in particular taking care of our mental health in relationship to our race in a particular way Mm -hmm. um one thing i think that frustrates me is that so many because of the state of life that many black people are in in america they don't have access to mental health care in addition to it being a stigma right they it's either not in their area or they don't have mm-hmm. insurance or whatever or that like it's not available and it can be expensive because you know it just like health care is expensive it requires time and energy and treatment yeah um and schools don't really have counselors yeah, and most schools don't they have um, a traveling person yeah exactly they're not exactly in exactly. neighborhoods where exactly most black people live either. yes exactly and um and and also on top of that we can experience um trauma gr- around race as well um in a way that um, many other um especially white people would not experience because right like they don't have to deal with the trauma of of being black (laughs) um right that um dealing with even those little what we call microaggressions of saying like oh you we don't want you here because or when somebody follows you around a store when you're shopping right like those little things those are traumatic as well as big things like when you um experience someone um being shot um uh you know when we see something like that on tv or on youtube or on facebook or something um people being shot we can have trauma from seeing that obviously if you were part of the experience you had trauma from that but um moments where we feel uh unsafe as well um are our experiences of racial trauma too um, I think I probably shared a while back about the guy when I was living in a small town, the guy who would drive around with Confederate flags and like menace people, right? Like that's a trauma and yeah. that's something I have to like talk about and deal with. Um, and that's, I think another reason that another thing that makes me a little sad is there are, um, proportionally very few black mental health professionals, 
Um, and not that I'm saying that um, any mental health professional can't help you with those things, but sometimes when you are talking to somebody of your own race, it helps to um, to have that shared experience that that they understand that in a particular way that somebody who's white may not be able to. Um, and I would hope that that would change. So if you're out there and you're black and you're thinking about a career in mental health, do it. And then finally, um, one of the things that always struck me, uh, as I said, I have many friends who are therapists. Um, one of the first things that they do as a standard practice when they're dealing with um, an African-American person, right? Not necessarily an African person, but right, so a black American, mm-hmm. um, is to discuss and process the idea of slavery and the idea of not having ancestors, right? Um, That most people in America, even if you're looking at Hispanic communities or Asian communities, they did not have the trauma of being ripped away from their families and their history. So that personal history that you do in the beginning of every therapy relationship has a major trauma and it stops. Um, and even though we, you know, we're, you know, what, five generations removed from slavery? I don't know still, past my yeah, great-grandmother. Exactly. It's still something that's going, that you have to deal with and confront mm-hmm. as a trauma to your whole history and, and knowing your identity. Because that's really what therapy and mental health is about, is, is integrating your whole self into your identity. Um, and so if you are again if you are a person of african descent in this country and you haven't like wrestled with that i would encourage you to do that because that's a really important key piece of acknowledging our racial trauma as well well do you, um there have been many articles and um well and studies done that the trauma of slavery is not just mental it's also in our dna like mm-hmm. it changed mm-hmm. our dna mm-hmm. so it's like that yeah. is also a whole mm-hmm. do you know what yeah. i mean it's all well, you can like, understand why like depression runs yeah, in black like, families right, right? Like, and, it, and it dies and people just need to yeah. acknowledge that so yeah. it's kind of like i don't know it's just a, it's a whole it's a whole mess like mm-hmm. and we could talk about this forever yeah we you could. know we could but we won't you yeah. know that we could though y'all yeah we're trying to keep it <laughs> under an hour we're, today we're trying to make it happen we did we'll, it we, we will we're see close. We're close. <laughs> one of the things that i will say that's really important as far as women talk like i like i go to counseling mm-hmm. um is that also realizing that we are responsible for each other yeah right we are like i always say i am my brother's keeper mm-hmm. all the time and i i think about that Mm-hmm. Often we are responsible for others. Like we can prevent causing someone trauma. Mm-hmm. Like only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> like you're in the forest fire yeah. of trauma. Yeah. Uh, so that means not being a bully, mm-hmm. you know, also recognizing like, it means also, you know, not having negative behaviors towards people, but also recognizing when someone needs someone. Mm-hmm. Right. So asking someone how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You see someone crying, don't just like ignore it. Like you know, like stare at them awkwardly, which I do a lot. So we're <laughs> so they're crying. You know, like we do. Like we are. We we are. We are our brothers and sisters keepers. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we recognize that, mm-hmm. the better. The better this world would be. Like with so many things happening, there's a huge debate in our world right now where like, where it's like, mental health doesn't lead to like mass shooters and yeah. you know and there i mean and there's all this stuff yeah. but we can't say that a person who is going to racially profile a population of people is mentally healthy mm-hmm. right 
you know what I mean? Like without starting a debate. Yeah. Um, and there's something that we all can do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? To make people feel a little more mentally stable. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an example of how we live. Not being mm-hmm. people of faith that aren't, you know, in check of their own mm-hmm. mental health. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they don't keep Absolutely. their mental health in check. And there's so many things that we can do to not damage the world. Yes. And at the end of the day, it really does lead to our mental health. Everybody's mental like health everyone's is better. Health. Like, when we take care of our mental health, health everyone is better. Sense. Like everyone mm-hmm. is better. Yeah. Because people who've had traumatic childhood were not raised by mentally sound people. Mm-mm. Do you know what I mean? And that like, it's it just mm-hmm. kind of, it's one of those things just to kind of remember that we are our brother's keepers. Yeah. Yeah, and I, one more thing I wanted to say before we wrap up, like one of the things I uh, often talk a lot about with my therapist is like ha- what kind of input I'm giving myself, right? Mm-hmm. Not like what shows am I watching on Netflix, although that is important, but like what am I what am I reading? Like where are my news sources coming from? Am I spending a ton of time on Facebook or Twitter around like negative mm-hmm. people? Um, am I like always reading the, the like sort of exciting news that like makes it out like the world's going to he double hockey sticks right like but also like who are the people that I have in my life and how are they talking to me and again like not that you shut out the world but like if you're spending eight hours a day on twitter with like Donald Trump fighting with AOC like that's not healthy for you or them it's not like <laughs> also no yeah like, like it's angry like they're gonna be angry um, right and I'm not again. That's not a political. It's comment. just saying. It's, like, just it's like, a real life thing. Yeah, it doesn't like, matter where you stand on the political yeah, spectrum. Exactly. That's not healthy yeah, for you. Yeah. Like to follow someone's feud on Twitter. Exactly. Also, to have a feud on Twitter. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so like, and also, you know, right? We have things like Instagram envy and all of those things that like are now having names because they're popping up as mental health issues. Right? Is recognizing like what the real world is, and um, not being cut off from news, but immersing ourselves in the world and the community around us so we recognize that like things are positive things exist and that we can have an influence on people in a positive way so Mm -hmm. um that being said i love instagram so (laughs) (laughs) right oh you guys you guys know when you follow me at stylishly sia that i also love instagram although you'd never guess it from my <laughs> i like looking at other people right yes there are people that are mm-hmm. lurkers um so speak things that will really help our mental health we have gifts to share in the operatory shannon what do you have sure. to offer? So I have three things. I'm going to start with a throwback to last week's episode um, where we talked about Jane Austen, my favorite. I um, One of the series that I love is a, a series called the Mr. and Mrs. Darcy Mysteries. So it's um, Darcy and Elizabeth solving mysteries with all the other characters from the Jane Austen novels. So they like go to... Um, oh no, they meet the... Um, uh, the Knightleys and all mm-hmm. of those people, which is really fun. Um, so her, the author's name is Carrie Bebris, B-E-B-R-I-S, and I think Marcy is going to put a link in the show notes, so hopefully you have that. The Mr. and Mrs. Darcy Mysteries. And the first one is Pride and Prescience. Oh my Pride gosh. and Prescience. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, I'm so excited And they're right quick, now. fun reads, and you get to spend more time with the Darcys, which is what we all uh, want in our lives. Right? So. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> You know, Fitzwilliam, what he's supposed to yep, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know she's in charge, right? Yeah, oh, of Okay. <laughs> um, 
And then the second uh, thing I'm recommending is the NPR Rose Wave playlist. So about two years ago, there was a group of on the NPR Music Desk that came up with this idea of Rose Wave, um, which is a music genre that's basically like basic ladies way like summer hits yeah. <laughs> and so every it's okay now we have the no past problem few years here. no <laughs> very the past few years they made a rose wave playlist which it, you can just search um npr rose wave playlist it'll, so it'll pop right up and it will also be in the show notes and you should listen to it and you know it's great because the very first song is juice by lizzo and yes, and yes. <laughs> and yes. If you follow All me on Instagram, things. you've probably heard that song many times. Many times. Because it's, it's been in like my stories or whatever. <laughs> and I danced to it this morning. Mm-hmm. What's today's date? The 23rd. So if you're watching my stories on mm-hmm. August 23rd, like, you will mm-hmm. you have seen that. <laughs> and then the third thing I'm recommending this week, um, we are entering into in September, there is a movement and. Uh, called the season of creation it's a interfaith movement just taking care of um god's creation and and being sustainable and all that so in prepping for that at church i came across a great site a blog by um i can't remember her name but a woman who's um into ethical and sustainable clothing so the idea of slow fashion right fast fashion is like getting a new thing every spring and then you throw away your clothes and you add to the um you know the landfills but also usually those clothes are poor quality and they're usually made in poor labor conditions and or child labor and sweatshops Mm -hmm. so the idea is to try to slow down your purchasing and also, um, in addition, buy from ethically sourced places. So it's the sustainable clothing movement really is what it is called. And so that website is called My Green Closet, mygreencloset.org, I believe, but I'm not sure. Again, it will be on those show notes. My Green Closet. um, And they, you know, it starts with like, why do we do sustainable clothing or what's the deal? But also then like tips for like how, Right. Do I have to like go out and purchase a whole new wardrobe and get rid of all my clothes? Right. Like and the answer is no. Um, (laughs) But uh, but how do we do that and how do we um, through our own choices as consumers um, both support um, just um, working conditions and also help sustain the environment through our purchasing choices? So my green closet. Awesome. Okay. That's some uh, good ones this week. Right? You too. I was like, Shannon's bringing it. I was Not like, every week. Not me, every week. I'm like, go to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> right? Also that. Also spiritual direction. Spiritual direction, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not the same thing. <laughs> so my thing is self-care. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So I have this thing about self-care. I Self-care and treating yourself are not the same thing. Mm-mm. And Although sometimes, sometimes treating yourself can be self a form of self care, yes. right? But I, I have I have all these opinions, and I actually wrote about it in my book that will come out eventually <laughs> that I've been working on. But before we get into that, I just want to say self care should usually be free, right? If it's self care, you probably shouldn't have to pay for it unless it's counseling. And that's like, but that's like mm-hmm. healthcare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. counseling is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, self care. So if that is saying no to something. 
that you don't want to do because uh, that puts a strain, so much strain on your mental, uh, like just on your mind. Also, escaping once in a while mm-hmm. and just having a really good, responsible Netflix binge mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. always great. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when I'm in a rut, like I do, like I'm like, I'm going to have, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit on this couch. Watch some of the office. And I'm going to watch some <laughs> office. And that's the thing where like if it, if you know that you don't have a lot of time to escape and have a binge, you need mm-hmm. to watch a show that you've seen before mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you watch a show that you haven't seen yet, you're yeah, not going to get up. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get up. You're going to miss out on your life. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where we are. So that's what I mean by a good responsible Netflix binge. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. I just oh had a whole God. Parks and Rec Netflix binge, and I'm I like, wish 30 Rock was still on there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. It's so sad, right? Um, so, yeah. So things like that. I also, and another thing is having a dance party. Mm-hmm. That I do that all the time. I have dance parties in my underwear quite a bit. Um, you guys, I did not have a dance party in my underwear on Instagram. The mm-hmm. one that I spoke of, mm-hmm. I was wearing yeah. shorts. Keep it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, right? So just, just do Modest it. is hottest. Oh, God. <laughs> scratch that from the record. I like to scratch that from the record. <laughs> Look at you. Just that term. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's fine. <laughs> but, yes. Hashtag not, former youth minister. Right, hashtag former youth ministers. Um, so, just having a dance party. And with that recommendation of having a dance party, I would like to recommend Backstreet Boys. Oh, yes. Um, all, all of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> all of Backstreet Boys. Okay? Uh, I know that sounds like crazy, but like... Their greatest hits are on Amazon Music. Yes, they Listen are. Listen to that. All the early albums All are on Amazon. For free. It, for free. In front of the paywall. It, uh, yes, in front of the paywall that you already pay for for Amazon. <laughs> um, and their new album, DNA, is really great. Mm. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on last episode, but I, I went, went. To, I went yeah. to the Backstreet Boys concert. It was amazing. And it was amazing. <laughs> like, it was amazing. So sixteen year old you was very happy. So yeah. happy. So happy. She was so excited. She was she was singing that guy who made her cry when she was seventeen. Uh-huh, Quit uh-huh. playing games with my heart. Yes. All of it. So just self care and escape. Like that's mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. like good responsible escapism. So mm-hmm. that's what I recommend this week. Like I don't I don't have any like tangible ones like Shannon does, but it's really like say no to things that you don't want to do. Right. Do one happy thing for yourself this week. Do one happy thing for yourself this week. Yeah. There we go. Shannon has fixed my recommendation. So. (laughs) (laughs) So I. So thank you guys so much for for listening. Under an hour, people. (laughs) Right. You didn't think we could do it. Some people didn't believe in us. Well, we believe in ourselves. All day long. And we believe in Jesus. Yes, we do. So, guys, take care of your mental health. Um, make it happen. You got this. Um, be each other's keepers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be your brother's keepers. I want to say thank you to all of the men and women who have been my keeper mm-hmm. <laughs> over the years. Um, to Shannon, she is one of my keepers. <laughs> so right she, back at you. She knows what's up. Uh, thank you to I think that was all people need to think because we don't have it we didn't mm-hmm. talk about a thing. Thank you to mental health counselors. Thank you to um, Jazar, who's sees the Mars that we're bopping our head to right now. Also thank you to Marty, Marty Hagen. Hagen 
for our offertory song. Thank you for offertories. Thank you to our mm-hmm. listeners for being amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shannon, for being thank an awesome you, co-host. And also letting me sleep at your house tonight. Yeah. Or last night. And thank you, God, for thank this you wonderful, God. beautiful day. Yes. <laughs> you guys have a great week. Next week, join us as we talk in our season finale <laughs> where we talk about our favorite Catholic school girl, Mary Catherine Gallagher. Yay! And we are going to watch the movie Superstar. Superstar. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye.